Because Eric may have one of the best ideas yet for a new Harry Potter book from J.K. Rowling, this is MuggleCast episode 263 for March 27th, 2013. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash tribute. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 263. Micah, Eric, and I, and look who's back. Ben is ben back. Shane. Yay! MuggleCast co-founder, MuggleNet's long-term, uh, long-time MuggleNet staffer up until what? What year did you? I mean, I guess techni- technically my departure occurred in 2009. However, I still managed to stay on the About Us page until like 2011. At some point, that's impressive. Yeah. See, I, I, I was wiped off like the day after. <laughs> So, uh, day after well, I, I kept you up there, Ben. Oh, you did, Micah? That was you? I did. I executive said, decision. Keith wanted to get rid of you. He wanted to get rid of you, but I said you can't take Ben down. It just, it, the site would Yeah, crash. no, for sure. Keith, I, I need to take it up with Keith. Actually, I don't want to take it up with Keith. He's a big dude. He could beat me no, up. No, I think it was, what it was, Ben, is we weren't sure that you, uh, we weren't sure if we got the keys from you after you left. So we had to keep you up on the About Us page as sort of like a, uh, you know, a, a placating, like a, you know, so that you, you didn't like get angry or something, maybe do something. Oh, you guys to scared the ads, that maybe like scared you know, that maybe I built a back door is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it's 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 good to have you back on the show, Ben. I'm I am so glad to be back. Feels good. I to know be you've wanted on wanted to come on the show, so. That's great that you did. Uh, before we get to the news, which I am thrilled to be anchoring this time, Ooh. because Micah, when he left MuggleNet, apparently he also left the MuggleCast news room. <laughs> it's been empty. So, it's it's been empty for quite some time. There's some cobwebs. And <laughs> are you there now? We don't want to know what else. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, dead bodies. Perfectly. <laughs> House elves. But um, before we get to that, I, I, w- I just wanted to bring up the point that shouldn't the um, shouldn't we be looking forward to new chapters in Pottermore soon? Nope. Because wait, Pottermore's still online. Yeah, it's still. Oh, online, believe it or not. I, I thought that was like last year's thing or a couple of years ago. Well, they've been releasing them a bit differently. You know, they release <laughs> Sorcerer's Stone all at once, and now what they do is they release batches of chapters a few times a year to kind of spread out all the excitement now am i alone in my lack of enthusiasm like are there a lot of fans who email in who genuinely are looking forward to the pottermore release because i i don't want to patronize or like condescend to anybody yeah no people are looking for i mean pottermore didn't thrill everybody i mean they had some launch problems and whatnot what people look forward to now is the new content 
from J.K. Rowling, the new writer. Well, sometime we need to talk about, uh, you know, different show, but we can have like a whole hour discussion about the phases of Harry Potter. Cause I think that mm-hmm. at a different phase of my, uh, Potterness, uh, that I would have been much more excited for these, uh, for these additional releases. Right. Do you think, do you think they took too long to release Pottermore? You're saying? Yeah. I think that Pottermore, I think that the way that they built it up and everything that they kind of made it out to be something a lot more interactive and better than it was going to be. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to hear the new information. Uh, but I, I, w- I, I can, you know, hear that from you guys or, you know, I mean, there'll be enough people talking about it in different places that I can hear that information. I don't necessarily have to go through Pottermore myself. And I, I'm, does that make me a bad Harry Potter fan? No, I think, I think, I think you're right. They really needed to develop something that would bring people to that site that could only be had on that site, an interactive experience, which is what they were trying to do the whole time. Now, interestingly, last week they released a, um, a trailer. Did you see this, Andrew? For Pottermore at PlayStation, PlayStation Home. And it's because in order to start Pottermore, this whole time has been a joint venture between JK Rowling's people and Sony. And now they've taken that to the next level where they've actually come up with, I think it's in beta testing, a Pottermore app, but for the PlayStation, for the PlayStation 3 PlayStation Home Network. So you could actually play it as if it's a video game, but it's Pottermore and it's online. I'm really looking forward to this because I think hopefully, maybe... It'll be a different Pottermore experience. Dare I say it, it'll be the Pottermore we were always hoping for. Yeah, I, it didn't blow me away. It seems to be like a basic Pottermore, but you have an actual character and you kind of walk around Diagon Alley. I have to say, I've actually seen Pottermore commercials on TV after either Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy, and it airs almost <laughs> every night. Wow, they um, know you. Yeah. The, the advertisers know you well, don't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that the demographic for those shows are usually skewed a little bit older, so I don't, I don't know why they would be going after uh, right another special ads for audience. audience. It, yeah, maybe that's what it is. It it promotes actually the ebooks. But still, it seems like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are older so, audiences. Uh, oh, so so do you think I, that I think- Pottermore has? Because I mean, wasn't that the exclusive outlet to get the eBooks for a long time? It still is. Oh, it still is. So I mean, yeah. I mean, Pottermore has has made its like made a ton of money for for J.K. Rowling just by the sale of the eBooks through there, right? Right. I mean, because the website itself, I've been monitoring the web traffic and I, it doesn't seem to get a ton of people who are, you know, regular visitors for it based upon like quantcast.com and other sites. So it doesn't seem like it really is something that fans go to more than once. Like once they have the information, it's not something that they go back to just to mess around on, you know? I think that's the problem. I, I think there's nothing that provides people, uh, you know, th- that there's no retention value. There's there's nothing that's keeping you coming back for more other than the information, which you're only getting every couple of months. And I, I feel like Pottermore is becoming too commercial with, with all these different products that it's trying to tie into. It's cool. It's interactive. But I feel like in a lot of ways, it missed the wave. 
uh, you know, for for this type of content to be put out there, it, it could have been done even years before because obviously the the books ended in in 2007, and here we are in 2013, you know, talking about it, and and so I just think that. The content is what people want, and that that's it. And, and I think they're trying to make too much out of it. They're trying to make it into something that it's not. The real fans, they just want to know that information that J.K. Rowling's been holding back for all these years. Hmm. Well, with the PlayStation Home, in response to that, like what I'm most looking forward to is a magical experience. And that may sound dull and cheesy, but like, in addition to that information, which is like true, you know, a lot of people really only care about the information. And that's why I have only, you know, I logged into Pottermore yesterday and I'm on chapter eight of book one and they've released <laughs> most of book three at this point. And the reason I don't, is I don't want to keep going and clicking to get that information. I just want the information. But once I saw you could walk through Diagon Alley, I thought, well, maybe it'll be magical again. Well, let's hope so, Eric, for your <laughs> if you know what it is, it's it's basically, you know, with Pottermore, you kind of walk through, but not in a 3D way like you will be able to on PlayStation Home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're actually just a, today they announced a Doctor Who game on PlayStation Home. So oh, cool. they, there seems to be this big push all of a sudden for PlayStation Home. Yeah, games. I haven't a... even heard of this thing. Well, until... you had a PS3 and then you got rid of it, right, Andrew? Yeah, but I still didn't use PlayStation Home. Right. I don't know what that is. Well, yeah, it's, aren't they coming it's, out the PS4 now and about to make your yeah, entire conversation irrelevant? Well, PlayStation Home <laughs> is like an an avatar. It's like you have an avatar, you have your character, and he's walking around, and there's these common areas like a mall, one is an amusement park, and then you have like little mini games or whatever, but you can do it with like everybody in PlayStation Home is another PlayStation user sitting at their PlayStation how much does internet. it cost? Is it maybe like five ninety nine? It's something? free, but like each of those apps have like little packages you can buy of like coins that allow you to get different clothing, you know, and stuff like that. That's all how they make their money. But everything on PlayStation Home is like through the web, through your web connection. So it's like multiplayer on a video game, but the video game is just the internet. If that makes sense. So, yeah. All right, well, let's get into uh, the news here. Yeah. Hopefully, we can get the new Pottermore chapter soon. We're definitely due for them, and I know the Pottermore Twitter has been doing some game, which I thought meant it was coming really soon. Maybe it'll be this week. I hope Who so. Knows? It's been a while. It has. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm getting very on edge. I'm on the edge of my seats looking forward to the new Prisoner of Azkaban chapters. Before we continue with today's episode of MuggleCast, it is time to remind you. That today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their very great service. I am going to give you a recommendation this week that I think you are really going to like if you haven't read this book already. Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game. This is technically the special 20th anniversary edition. Now, why do I recommend this book? Well, first of all, it's a classic. If you read, if you read this book, you already know that. But second of all, it's being turned into a film by Lionsgate, the people who brought you The Hunger Games. And if all goes according to plan, this could potentially be a trilogy, just like The Hunger Games was. It is one of the most highly rated books of all time. Ender's Game isn't just a sci-fi novel for kids. From an early age, Ender must tackle the adult concepts of leadership, 
independence and self-reliance, abstract thinking, and accountability. It helps that he's a genetically engineered super genius, but still, that's a lot to ask a kid to handle. The multicast narration adds layers of texture to the diverse characters throughout the story. The poster was just released for the film very recently, this past week actually, and that means that a trailer should be on the horizon. Well, of course, keep an eye out for that because Ender's Game is, like I said, a beloved book. So again, visit audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast to get an audiobook, perhaps Ender's Game, the special 20th anniversary edition audiobook, for absolutely free. We thank Audible for their support of the show. Let's talk about some interesting news here, actually. J.K. Rowling had another casual vacancy event. This one is at the Bath Literature Festival. I haven't looked into it. I'm pretty sure people just sit and take baths and read. So J.K. Rowling evidently wanted to participate in this, and she spoke oh, she, about the she took vacancy. a bath there. What? Yeah, 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 yeah something like that. Oh, baths are very soothing. I was gonna say, I, I wish I was there to see Joe take a bath. <laughs> I'm sure the feeling is mutual, Ben. <laughs> and she uh, was asked about. There was a Q and A, and she was asked if uh, she would ever write a Harry Potter prequel, specifically about the Marauders. And she responded by saying that although she has no current plans to return to the series, if she did, it would not be about the Marauders. And her reason was because she doesn't find prequels to be any good. So she basically denied a Marauders book happening and a prequels book happening in the same <laughs> sentence. So so she feels that prequels are kind of like epilogues? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, come on. We, we got to give her a little bit more time, I think. I think that uh, for somebody like her, the, the Harry Potter has been her, you know, it's been her life since like 1997 or whenever the first book came out, essentially. So, I mean, she needs some time to chill out and just, you know, she worked on the casual vacancy. vacancy. I'm sure that they're... Are, you know, plenty of projects that she'll do in between doing something that, you know, is going to be a prequel or maybe an extension or maybe we hear what, what it's like to grow up Harry's kid. But I, I think that she'll come back to it eventually. I mean, she may, she mm-hmm. may never, but I personally think that after some time, there may be, she may like think of one day think, Oh, I wish I had done this. Or she may think of something that would be fun and interesting for her to do that involves Harry Potter. Yep. Yeah. Part of me thinks she's bluffing. (laughs) She's screwing with people. Surprise. Because the way it happened at this Q&A, it seems like she just laid the axe down about any chances of a prequel. Um, which is why this kind of left a lot of people up in arms because people were looking forward to a Marauders book that's so that's what yeah. would have been one of the popular hopes but i feel like she's always said when she's been interviewed that if she does something it'll be you know post harry not not before him and i feel like that gives her the most opportunity the most chance as well uh you know to write something because it's open-ended i mean if you write about the marauders you can only write about them up to a point because then we know what happens after that whereas if she writes about harry's kids there's a lot that can that she, that she has to write about. I get I get what you're saying, but on one on like on one hand, her quote like, "Oh yeah, I won't do a prequel because prequels are no good." Well, also sequels are no good too. Sometimes, like 
if it's a sequel, if it's taking place after Harry has defeated Lord Voldemort, what's going to happen? What's going to be your conflict that, that drives your, your character, whoever they may be, into action? Oh, is there somebody who's as evil as Voldemort, a second big bad dark wizard? Like, what if she picks like a random weird character and doesn't write a, a prequel or a sequel, but she writes like what Filch was doing the entire time? <laughs> like she releases like Filch's diary. Wouldn't that be cool? Right. Yeah. So the so the Harry Potter series from Filch's perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, maybe that would be like cool. A, like a Midnight Sun, but from Filch, a Midnight Squib, or like Peeves' perspective. Right, right. That would be cool. Midnight Squib. <laughs> Peeps, Peeps' perspective would be cool. Yeah, but- Midnight Squib. I like that. Eric's referring to Midnight Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective. Yes, and I wish he'd go <laughs> ahead and write the rest of that because I actually read that a long time ago and I liked it. Me too. Since when Somebody did we start write doing Squib? Twilight references on this show? Like, uh, did, I don't did, know, did, Eric. There's did, a did, did the fandom war? Did it end? Ben, did, there's did, a voicemail about declare this. Declare a ceasefire. There's a voicemail about this coming up soon. Ben's just trying to uh, win over all the uh, Twilight haters yeah. who are listening. Right I, I'm now. trying to win over the purists. You can follow me at Ben Shane. My 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 follower account has stalled for years. Come back. Well, I hear you. So, I, you can just buy more if you need to. <laughs> so on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash/MuggleCast, we ask those who follow us, "What would um, what should J.K. Rowling's next Harry Potter be?" book be about if not a prequel besides the encyclopedia of course that's already a popular thing that everybody wants everybody asks us nearly every day uh sam said a story about foreign schools of magic Cherise said would love to see the first few years after the war you wouldn't you wouldn't like a book about uh a different school yeah i don't want to hear what victor crumb was doing like i'm sorry yeah um, Cherie said, would love to see the first few years after the war, the rebuilding and the growing relationships. Oh, that would That's be what you interesting. That would be like post-Civil War, like, uh, like, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't give, don't, if we've learned anything, if we've learned anything from the casual vacancy, please allow it to be, don't give J.K. Rowling the opportunity to be dramatic and melodramatic and exhausting and really just sad sucking the happiness and uh, out of life well she did the opposite so it was her like she had to like you know balance things out a bit yeah she's like i'm tired of this uplifting stuff like (laughs) right love ah love that whole crap of bs i wrote about (laughs) the the power the dark lord does not like ah (laughs) shelby Shelby said, probably something about after Hogwarts was fixed. Maybe Harry, Ginny, Ron, and Hermione's children, or even others. Mm-hmm. Well, um, was there, like, some magic spell, like, to fix Hogwarts? Just, like, Reparo Hogwarts, and Hogwarts is fixed? <laughs> Hogwarto Reparo. Hogwarts Reparo. I wonder, you know, I just think that because the Harry Potter series was so innovative, or, or you know, not innovative, unique, and it was so inspiring and... You know, for J.K. Rowling to have written it, it's, it's just really unique. I think hopefully she'll come up with an idea that nobody's talking about, you know, and execute, mm. like, maybe set in the world of Harry Potter, because I guess that's the point, right? You know, the fact that it's set in the same world, but to just come up with an idea that's truly original um, and surprise us, like, get us, I, I'm waiting for that, that 
J.K. Rowling's fifth tweet ever when she announces, you know, what she's doing. Mike is going to miss it. Blowing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I don't follow her on Twitter. You missed her tweet then the other day, right? I doubt she tweeted the other day. She really tweeted she the other did. day. She did. She said something about something going on in Britain. Some it was politics boring. Them. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that, though. See, I still heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have, like, a secret account where you secretly followed. And that's the only person that I follow. Do you think, I mean, what are the chances you'll ever follow J.K. Rowling again? Is there a chance? Like, what does she have to do to win you over as a follower? Take a bath. What if this? What if this? No, no, what, I'm joking. What if the next Harry Potter book no, is being no, released not. over Twitter in 140 characters <laughs> tweets and that, and it's a serial, um, version of, of her book? I think in that case, Michael would find the, uh, strength to press the follow button. I think button. so too. If, no, if so, I, if so I site is just going to copy it and paste it somewhere <laughs> and compile it into actual pages that you can flip through. If I were a lot Joe, of people on Twitter, I would, I would actually write some Harry Potter fan fiction on one of those sites, and then like see what people yeah. think, and then I would laugh at their responses, and they're like, "This sucks." J.K. Rowling would never write this, and I would sit there, <laughs> yeah. and laugh. Yeah. Well, we all remember the classic story. She went into a MuggleNet chat room and shared some of her theories before <laughs> the final book came out, and everybody laughed them off. Yep. She has said that. She's been on record. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these Twitter responses, by the way, people say, uh, maybe, maybe Joe responded in these Twitter responses. Doubtful. Who knows? <laughs> Doubtful. Uh, I think she's, a lot of people seem to want post, post book seven, uh, seeing the kids grow up. So. Yeah. But, but to answer your question, no, I don't, I don't really think that, that I would follow her. She doesn't interact enough. Yeah. Is that terrible? I mean, it's true. It's not, I mean, I'm not telling people not to follow her. It's just, she she doesn't tweet enough. I, I understand. Can we do a campaign for JK Rowling to follow Micah? So Micah will follow her back. Yeah. We should start. We we should try that. That'll do it. Those are the only circumstances under which I would follow her. Is if she follows you? That's right. And I doubt she's following anybody. By the way, she only follows Pottermore right now. So, <laughs> so let's move on to su- some other news. Yeah. We talked in a recent episode, either January or February, that uh, new Harry Potter paperbacks are being released with all new covers by uh, Kazuo Kibishi. He uh, is well known, actually, in the illustration industry. I mean, he's got quite a few other titles. Yeah. I personally have never read. He's them, a comic book I know artist, he's- right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so so far, only the Sorcerer's Stone cover has been released. But when they announced this and when the books went up for pre-order, Scholastic had said at the end of each of these books, these new paperbacks, there was going to be bonus material. That phrase exactly. And I happened to uh, peruse the pre-order pages the other day and noticed that the bonus material blurbs had disappeared. So I emailed Scholastic and I said, hey, what's up with this? And they sent me a statement back. They said that, um, oh, we're getting, actually, we're getting ahead of ourselves in the rundown a little bit, but they, they said to me that when it comes to the Harry Potter series, we always want to deliver for the fans. Since we determined that our plan fell short of that expectation, we will not be offering bonus content. So either they didn't like the outcry from fans who, 
uh, didn't want them to make this sort of money grab. Some people said, oh, Scholastics is adding the bonus material so people who already have the books will go back and buy them again, which is a valid point. Um, so some people thought it was a cheap mood, uh, move. Other people, myself included, thought it was a good move because it would be nice to have a little extra feature of these Harry Potter books to give us a reason to buy them again. Um, or you just go into Barnes and Noble and you read, you read, you read the bonus material in the kids section, and then you walk out. You don't have to buy the books. You get what you want. I read it on the internet. Anyway, these books are also coming out on August 27th. That's when Amazon is going to start shipping them and Barnes and Noble as well. And you can pre-order them now. So interesting. What do you, all right, what do you guys think? Uh, should the bonus material, should that have been included or what? Did Pottermore had no issues with this? Or, 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 <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe Pottermore called and they said, "Hey, you better not or Sony bonus or material." Whoever's in charge there. Well, once I mean, they determined that their plan was going to fall short, like I, I didn't even understand this statement. I didn't think it made grammatical sense at first, but now that you're talking about it, now it makes sense. Like they had some ideas of what the general content would be, but then they just they just it, you know for whatever reason they decided against it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I mean, some, but but then putting content in a book. Like in a regular, I, I don't think that any special content of any relevance really should belong in a book. You get like a book that you buy at the store should be that book and almost nothing else. Maybe like, you know, the, the publishers already throw in those little ad pages like oh, other works by this author. Yeah. Or if you yeah. like this, you'll also like this, you know, BS pages. Like I really think the book should just be the book. I don't know if anyone should really blame Scholastic, though, for wanting to do that because, um, you know, the book industry is hurting right now. Oh, that's and- true. And, and yeah, uh, no, I, I get what you're saying, too. Like, that would bring and generate revenue and it would definitely, you know, raise interest in addition to the, uh, new, new cover design. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, think of the, the, the good news would be more people going into mom and pop shops, for example, to go and buy the books. I mean, you can look at it from that kind of perspective, or you can look at it as Scholastics just trying to get Harry Potter fans to buy the books again. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure if I'm going to buy them again. I mean, the first book, Sorcerer's Stone, the cover looks great. We'll have to see how the rest of the covers look. I'm very interested to see how those look. Yeah. But I haven't decided if I'm going to buy them yet. Have you guys? Don't do it. What if they release a, uh, what if they release a statement saying that they wanted to deliver on the new covers, but they decided not to, so we're only getting Sorcerer's Stone? <laughs> well, that's what they did, really, with the, uh, the anniversary. The 10th anniversary? Yeah, it wasn't the plan always. I'm to looking do... forward to buying these. Uh, oh, yeah, Ben. Yeah, I'm serious, because I want to have every Harry Potter book that I possibly can. Do you, you guys have books with the English covers? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have one or two, I think. I, I have one. I have book seven. And I got it yeah. I got it at Heathrow Airport in two thousand seven. Yeah. The rest of us have book seven because we were there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. Seven. I wasn't yeah. at your guys' event. That's a fairly well you were in Oak Park though. Yeah. I was at a pretty big event, so That's pretty cool. When I came back when I got the book in the UK and I came back and I saw the actual the the US version. I was Jesus, this is big. The UK, the UK, <laughs> right? Um, it's it's kind of like books are the, great. their refrigerators and their and their lavatories, because right. there's tiny fridges, tiny bathrooms. <laughs> Americans were just like, man, we eat so much, we just need big bathrooms. We need but, bigger books, <laughs> big books, big bathrooms, big books for our big bathrooms. Yep. I uh, I think another thing going for Scholastic right now is that they people's people's 
existing copies of Harry Potter, especially, peop- especially people who read the books still. I mean, I have friends I see on Twitter who say I'm reading the Harry Potter books again. I mean, these copies are starting to fall apart, so this is a good time for people to get fresh copies if they want. Yeah, it's uh, like, Mom, my Harry Potter broke. Can you stop at the store and pick me up a new one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the box set is going to have new art as well, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If Scholastic Smart, they'll, like, release... They should be releasing one new cover every, like, three to four weeks. But because when they released the Sorcerer's Stone cover, it was a huge deal. Yeah. So, I mean, it won't be as big of a deal for the, the rest of these, naturally, just because everybody knows they're being re-released at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be cool for them to for them Are they going to be that. sold individually or just in the set? No, no, individually as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Ben brought up the point sort of i think if you're a collector it's definitely something that you'd want to have because mm-hmm. it's unique it's different and uh it's just going to be interesting to see how they plan to do these types of sets moving forward you know they they had the sorcerer's stone 10th anniversary which we talked about a little bit on the last episode with a different cover and there was some new art inside but beyond that there was nothing different about it and they decided after that anniversary edition for whatever reason not to pursue it with any other books right and i don't know why maybe it didn't sell well yeah that's that's probably why i I didn't like that whole idea anyway i think how they're doing it now is better just release them all at once yeah and it'll be fresh the new author new new artist i mean Let's move on now. Uh, the mayor of Orlando says the Wizarding World of Harry Potter expansion is opening in 2014. Is this news? Is that part I mean, of his platform when news? he's like trying to get re-election? He's like, I expanded the Wizarding World. Like, <laughs> you guys have to re-elect me. No, I mean, like, did we did we know? Wasn't was there a date already set for? No, it? there wasn't. No, there wasn't. I mean, it was kind of news. Here's what he said. Okay. He said. This summer, Universal Orlando Resort will open the new Transformers 3D ride, followed by the opening next year of a new resort hotel and the expansion of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So some people took that Universal they asked to comment. They were a bit miffed. They were like, we didn't read his comments like that. We read it differently. Meaning he was just referring to an opening in the future sometime, not necessarily 2014. However, um, you have to think that they're aiming for 2014, A, because, you know, as we all know, Harry Potter is not exactly getting more and more popular by the day. So they got to move <laughs> on this while, while they can. And B, uh, if you look at how far construction's gone so far, it's pretty significant. I mean, they, it's, there were some great, great, great overhead shots taken, which I'm sure Universal hated, <laughs> uh, by some satellite company. And I mean, this project is moving. So I think, I think it'll be open next year. That's good. That Transformers but, um, ride really snuck in there. <laughs> and what is this what about a new resort? Like, I'm going to look this yeah, up. Yeah, they're opening a new resort too. Uh, a new hotel resort. Where's their room? For, I don't know, but they, they saw how popular LeakyCon was. They like, we need a bigger hotel to do this. Yeah. At, maybe so. this one will just be called something Harry Potter. Yeah, they're going to call it the Leaky Cauldron oh. or the Leaky. The what are these other Inn. hotels called? The, the Leaky. So the, 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 Leaky Inn. The Royal Pacific and the, um, the Portofino um, Bay. The, yeah, and Port the, Hard Fino, the Hard Rock. Yeah. Exactly. And what Ben said. What, what uh, the Eric new said. the new ho- the new hotel resort uh, the new resort is called uh, Universal's Cabana, Cabana Beach Cabana Bay Beach Resort. That's they really the, say that the concept art themes there. Yeah, 
Cabana Bay Beach Resort. It looks like something out of the 50s. That's kind of the theme that they're going with. Oh, it's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. Get to live in the Mad Men area when you go to visit Universal now. One other piece of news today. Um, we spoke, I think, maybe, I'm not sure, I can't remember, about um, Rupert Grint. He's got a U.S. comedy, he's got a CBS comedy pilot in the works called Super Clyde, where he plays a superhero. <laughs> and as it turns out, little Harry Potter connection, Stephen Fry is going to co-star in it. The uh, Harry Potter connection to Stephen Fry is that he narrated the UK Harry Potter audiobooks. Mm-hmm. This is... He is going to be the butler. <laughs> He's going to be Rupert Grint's butler. This on the show. show is going to fail, but for every single <laughs> Way to be optimistic. Yeah, this has not been a very optimistic news before, section. Before it fails, every second that it exists, I am going to enjoy and cherish... I, see, I'm excited. I think this is actually now that Stephen Fry's involved, I'm I'm actually pretty excited. But CBS, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think CBS is on fire right now. Like, all the cool shows that I watch, like Person of Interest, are on CBS. And I think like this is awesome. But then it kind of worries me because then I'm wondering why isn't why is this on American television? Why is it on BBC One or BBC America? You know, all the all the television channels that we obviously can't get a hold of, but. It just seems so weird that it's American. Because we Americans make superheroes. Think of Marvel and everything. We, we are superheroes, so... That's because that's why we're, this show is we're in dire need of a superhero. That's right. I Yeah, I just worry that we wouldn't... <laughs> the but I, I, I'm into it. You know, I'm interested. No, you don't like that name? What's no, that? I, lo- I love that name, Mike. The, ben- the Beninator? Beninator. The Beninator. Because oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't back. like well, that name. Yeah. <laughs> no, on second thought, <laughs> don't ever call me that. <laughs> but all right. But, so well, the- well, I was just gonna say, you know, it's not like we've never had a, a, a superhero who's had a butler uh, and that been made into a show before. A right? superhero with a. Well, butler. What are you saying? What is what is the point you're making here? Well. That seems to be the the plot point, right? Young super- Oh, you're saying it's original. This is an original podcast or show. No, it's not. I mean, a young superhero with a butler. Well, well, this the, he's not necessarily a superhero. He's a superhero because he's rich, and he's going to use a rich his superhero fortune. with a butler. Uh, he, no, no, he's Batman. using his his superpower is that he's rich and he's going to use his money to take care of people or solve problems. That part of the plot I'm not so sure about. And like, I, like Rupert Grant, I personally don't find to be a great actor. So I'm I, that's my hang up with this show. That's why <laughs> I don't think that this is going to work. Well, I know, but R- really, Rupert look, Grant I, was the best of the three. Throughout the entire Harry Potter series, <laughs> Rupert Grint was the best of the three actors. I mean, you mean that seriously? Yeah, I, mean, I genuinely somehow mean that. somehow he's the only one to not currently be featured in Wax at Madame Tussauds in London. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't. There are tons <laughs> That's of people because the who wax are great is walking actors. and breathing. Oh, burn. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you think that, Ben, because we need differing opinions on here. Well, so. I'm saying that you know Emma Watson, like R- Rupert Grint, is probably like the least the least attractive out of all out of the three. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rupert. See, no, well, that, no, many many so, girls would disagree with you. 
Well, yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not like the best at evaluating men. Um, so I don't know, but I'm just saying that I feel like market, take the looks out of it, just like marketability. I feel like Emma and Dan have much greater marketability than mm-hmm. Rupert ever has. Right. They're much more, they have that Hollywood look. He, he is, he is stigmatized because he is a ginger. And <laughs> I, there's ginger bullying. And I'm serious about this. I joke around a lot, but I'm dead serious about this. If he wasn't ginger, he would be further. Well, but people also really like him because he's ginger. I mean, look at Rupert Grint at US. Like, that's the only fan site left out of the, the three trio in terms of like, trio member of fan sites that rupert rupert grin's very big i think you you're not giving him as much credit as uh i mean how big is should. he compared to dan i honestly think people freak out about rupert as much as they do ben think of our some of our friends you know i think but think Bree about the Sam think Freeman, about the quantity who, of people freaking out over dan versus the yeah no i do think of rupert, people thinking freaking out over rupert I think, I think it could be um, very similar numbers. I don't know. It's hard to say. We don't have a girl on the show today. Mm. Now, People do is love Emma, Rupert. I... Is Emma making like uh, who's who made more money last year? Is it still Dan? I bet Dan did because hmm. he's got a bunch of problems. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that like averages over time. Like if this were a horse race, I would bet on Emma Watson. Like by like say oh, yeah. say like twenty years in the next twenty years we measured how much money they each made per year I think Emma Watson's going to blow them both out of the out of the park yeah yeah I think you're right though now that we're talking about it I do think I've probably seen more Rupert Grint films than Emma Watson or Dan Radcliffe films that aren't Harry Potter Have I saw you ever this, movie, seen this Rupert- movie Perks what everyone's calling Perks yeah yeah Perks. I have not seen that film. Should Emma's I see it? it? She, no, she I know she's actually, in yes. it. But is it worth seeing? Am I going to be disappointed? Yes. Is yes. it going to change? No, my, no. Is it going to change my outlook on Emma in a good way? You're going to love her even more. Yeah, really. I think so too. But um, it's based on the book by Stephen Chbosky, which was beloved. Yeah, it came out in the '90s, and he directed the movie. He did a great job with it. He's one of the nicest people on the planet. And Emma Watson did a great job. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely watch it. Rupert did a film called Wild Target that I saw, and Bill Nighy is in it as well. But I just really, really actually quite liked it. So I guess I do like Rupert as an actor in films other than Harry Potter. It's just I, I do think he's a bit random, and I do think the fact that this is going to be an American series on CBS is a bit random. So I hope it can survive, and until then, I know that I'll be tuning in and watching it and enjoying it. Okay, uh, let's move on to some voicemails now. We have three here this week. Hi, my name is Shelby R. I'm calling from Arizona, nice and hot. Um, I was just calling to see if you guys knew of any um, Harry Potter-related um, fan clubs or anything that we could find in our area. Um, not just here, you know, all over the country. I know about the Harry Potter Alliance, but sometimes, you know, it's hard to get to them or they're not near your area. I want to know if you guys knew of any easier way to find other Harry Potter fans. Um, I've tried Craigslist, but I don't want to talk about that. Thanks for uh, making the show, guys. I love it. Listen to it every every time you guys have a new episode. And miss you. I wish you would come out with one uh, every week. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So Harry Potter fan clubs. Um, 
I'm interested well, to see or to hear rather how many other people out there are like her who would be willing to organize a Harry Potter fan club within their own city. I think, uh, I, w- well, I know for starters, Los Angeles has a very active one called the Los Angeles Dumbledore's Army. Mm-hmm. And I went to a bowling night, Harry Potter bowling night, <laughs> and it was actually, it was pretty fun, but they've got a few events coming up in the next, uh, they have one, two, three, four, five, six events coming up between now and May, including Harry Potter roller skating night. 90 people attending, second annual event. Is that like roller derby, where you can hit other people? No, no, come on. We're Harry Potter fans. We don't hit people. What are you talking about? Oh, Sorry, it's crazy. too much Game of Thrones influence. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but where um, is but she calling from? She's calling from Arizona. Uh, nice and nice and hot, as she says. And I think the thing of it is, is we really do need to come up with, and she said she used Craigslist, um, but then she didn't want to talk about her experience there. I think that... You know, we do need to continue to use the inter- the internet as a resource, say maybe Facebook or I just did a Google search for Arizona Harry Potter fans and I came up with this article on lightningoctopus.com and it's about Phoenix Lament, which is Arizona's Harry Potter fan club group. So I would recommend searching for Phoenix Lament. There are other ways to, to sort of do this. And if our listeners can can help out, if any other listeners are also in the Arizona area, um, you know, and want to meet up or want to have a fan club group, like, I think we'll just have to play matchmaker this one time. Um, I would also recommend meetup.com. That, this is how the LA one is organized. And, uh, you can do a search within X miles of your location. So just keep expanding the search until you find something. And then, the, like the LA Harry Potter club, they, put all their events in here and and you can sign up you can join now the la harry potter club they they have a membership due of five dollars every six months and i'm a little weird about that Mm. um what does it go towards i don't know what it goes towards now i'm not a member but i i I don't know how they collect the money you don't have a card no, but I'm on the mailing list, and How did you I get still on get the notified about that. You're events. not a member. I'm going to get you off the I- mailing list then. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the join us button, and I signed up, and that oh, was okay. it. And like, mm-hmm. like I know for the bowling night, I had to pay a little cover fee to get in there. Uh, but that was a little just Harry the Potter fee. cover fee. Yeah. Or do you think the bowling, bowling- alley? Wait, do you think maybe the bowling alley and the Harry Potter club are in cahoots? <laughs> they could be. I don't know what's going on. But, it, you know, it was a fun thing. It was, it was a fun event. So check meetup.com. Do a Google search. Look for the nearest major city near you. Doesn't uh, Mason run one out in Arizona that she could join? No. Should he start one? <laughs> Actually, the, 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 there's a club over where Andrew lives. You can go to Andrew's place anytime for a Harry Potter meetup. It's What's the open, address? Well, and- It's an open invite. Uh, yeah, no, there's no address. There's no, the, the whimsic- I can't remember the address. He lives over there in, uh, somewhere in the valley. <laughs> whimsic Alley is a store in LA. They do a bunch of Harry Potter events. Let's move on to the next voicemail. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Michaela Hansen. I'm from Nebula, Montana. You might know it better as the town where Hank Green's from. Um, I wanted to know what you thought of the casual vacancy being announced. Um, that they're creating it as a TV show. 
I'm not completely sure about it because The Casual Vacancy was a, a short book and didn't have a lot going on, in my opinion. But what do you think it will be like as a TV show? Will it work better? Maybe J.K. Rowling can explore the town more. Maybe we'll get more details. Um, I just wanted to know your thoughts about it. And I've been listening to you guys for years, and I love you. Keep up the good work. And thank you so much for bringing a smile to my face every day. That was sweet. Well, this is part of the reason why I think J.K. Rowling is lying about the prequel, because we all remember when she was once asked, can you see the casual vacancy as a movie? And she said, no, I have no clue why this would work as a TV show, but not a movie. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that it could be better as a TV show than a movie. I mean, the Harry Potter books could have been made into a TV show. I think that um, I mean, Game of Thrones is made in, I mean, whatever the name, the, the George R. Ice and R. Fire. Yeah, something of Ice and Fire. That's what yeah. I, I couldn't remember what it was actually called. It's not Game of Thrones. Um, I, I think a TV show could be a good format for it. I, personally, I w- wasn't able to finish the casual vacancy, a casual vacancy. I yeah, wasn't able. We should maybe defer to Micah, the only one of these four who's actually finished the book. <laughs> Who climbed no, I, the mountain? I, I think Ben <laughs> makes a great point, though. I, I think that it does it does suit TV well because you have all these different character arcs, and there's not as many of them as there are in Potter, so it's a little bit easier to follow along. You know, again, I don't know how many episodes they're going to be making the casual vacancy into. I think they could probably do everything that's in that book in one season. So it's, it actually is more of a mini series than, than an actual. Yeah, it it is a mini series show. So I I think it could be interesting. And, and I kind of disagree with the voicemail. I think there's plenty of stuff that can be included. I think it's obviously a lot more mature in content than something like Harry Potter. Um, there's a lot of negative to it, uh, just as far as the overall tone of the book. So it's not necessarily a positive, you know, feel good type of miniseries. This, you know, uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> people love negative stuff though. So I could see it true. being a hit personally. Like I think maybe it was a crappy book. Um, sorry if that offends anybody, but maybe it could be a, a better TV show. Maybe we'll be winning, raving winning about dramatic miniseries. this miniseries. All right. That'd be interesting because I'm sure that several Potter actors could hop on board. Oh, uh, well, they're going to have to if they weren't anybody from Britain. Yeah, because everybody was involved. Everybody yeah. except I, I was. I, I was trying to see if there was a certain amount of episodes that the BBC ordered. I thought it was like six. I mean, that if, if it's it's they call it a miniseries. Yeah. So. I don't think it can be more than six, but like Micah said, if they focus on the different character arcs per one per episode, that would I suppose that would be interesting. Jamie yeah, Waylett's gonna make a comeback in this one. <laughs> yeah, <is he? laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Like it's just in the rumor mill. Like it's on. You should start that rumor. Yeah, that this is his comeback project. <laughs> Andrew, can can I start the hypeable back page where I just make up shit? I mean, make yeah. up stuff. Yeah, it's called April April's April Fool's Day. Oh, is that coming that. up? Oh man, that's coming up. You should do that actually. Write that story for April Fool's Day. <laughs> Jamie Whalen's come back. Yeah, he tell, can him play. Yeah. Terms, it, tell him that to tell everybody that the terms of his parole um indicate that <laughs> he has to play a drug addict on TV 
in no, order to recover No, I'm going to say that uh, Warner Brothers is attempting to buy him out of jail. <laughs> the, the, J, no, J.K. Rowling personally posted bail for Jamie Whalett on Monday. He could uh, he could play a specific she, she character, staying though. at his guest house and watering her flowers. Can you see a character for him in that book, Micah? Yeah, Fats. Fats. Who, he, he did drugs. Yep. Yeah, he's actually quite a uh, comedic character. Obviously tortured, but I enjoyed reading Fats for as long as I could keep the book open. He likes to get a shwerve on, too. Oh, yeah. Shwerve on. Was that from Wayne's World? I think so. I don't know what that is. All right. I don't, I don't know. It came from some movie. <laughs> I just quoted him. All right. Find a voicemail. One more voicemail. One more voicemail. Hey, MuggleCast. I'm a long-time listener, and I work at a bookstore now, and I was just uh, happened across a lady who was uh, having her daughter read The Hunger Games, and her daughter was 11 years old. And I, when I offered her Harry Potter, which is a lighter book, she told me that Harry Potter was a horrible story. Now, why do you think Harry Potter is still the bad guy when there's so much worse out there and they let them read Twilight and Hunger Games, which are great books, but are much on the harder and more gruesome scale? So I was just wondering what you guys thought. Thanks for everything you guys do. I've been listening ever since the beginning. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I think... People, well, we don't know the context. We don't know why she thought it was Harry Potter was a bad story. It may have been the whole religion thing. That would probably be my first guess. Or she got really, really bad information from somebody else. <laughs> somebody clearly was like hating on Harry Potter, though. And I guess this begs yeah. the question: like, in a world where, in a world where uh, the Hunger Games is being heralded as, say, the next Twilight, Twilight was the next Harry Potter. But they're, they're all different books. They all offer something different. And Hunger Games is quite, I guess, brutal because it's about killing each other. And only like the seventh Harry Potter book is about that. Harry Potter book is about that. Um, you know, and Twilight is obviously very romantic, but to me, in my opinion, having read all of the Twilight books, except for that spinoff BS, whatever she did with that one character, Brie, whatever. Um, and having read the Hunger Games, I still think Harry Potter is special and unique and i still prefer it to the other ones even though i really like the hunger games so harry potter back why why is harry potter somehow not cool enough for an 11 year old to read this girl's 11 like shouldn't she be reading harry potter and not twilight and maybe not hunger games yeah well she never said twilight right yeah yeah it's twilight um oh yeah she um yeah i i th i I think it's just a case of bad information. Uh, and I mean, The Hunger Games, I think, is a quicker choice right now because it's in the spotlight so much, mm -hmm. whereas Harry Potter really isn't. And I think that's one of the reasons that Scholastic is re-releasing re the books in paperback is because it'll put the, put the Harry Potter books back at the front of store shelves. I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. Yeah. I And who knows where it'll go after the first couple of months. I, I'm I'm assuming they're hoping it... The sales are strong through the holiday season. That would be ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe, and if they really want to play it up hard, they get JK Rowling to do like a new interview on like the Today Show or something about the books. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, but yeah, I think, I think the, I, I can't, 
there's multiple reasons why potentially that person said Harry Potter was a bad book. She could have had bad information. It could have been a religious thing. But in terms of picking the Hunger Games, it's just the book right now. Hmm. Andrew, I thought of another April Fool's story. <laughs> what? Um, J.K. Rowling has to uh, write more Harry Potter books because her husband, Neil, ha- was such a bad gambler that now she's in debt to a bunch of bookies. <laughs> <laughs> that's just sad you should tweet that at her see if she replies to you <laughs> okay so uh, that's it for voicemails uh, you can continue to send us voicemails by then. using the phone number it's uh were you about to interject something Micah oh was it one eight six six? who's got the new number for- I, I have the new number the new number is okay three two three Nine eight four eighty five forty seven, and believe me, I spent like a good five minutes trying to figure out if that spelled anything or was somehow easy to remember, and it's not. But again, sorry, again, that that's okay. Uh, I wonder what happened. I wonder what, who has two one eight twenty magic now. Um, but the number is again three two three nine eight four eighty five forty seven, and we do want to thank you guys for continuing to send in your your questions and your comments. Right. So, um, here's something else that we have to discuss about today's show, or about the show, and then we'll move on to Muggle Man. Um, don't do uh, it, Andrew. <laughs> Say it ain't so. Please. As some people may have already heard, and I'm, I'm sorry for announcing it in advance of talking about it on this show. Aww. Uh, we have decided to end MuggleCast later this year. Um, now the plan is to end the regular shows in August. So we'll go up until our eighth anniversary. So we'll be eight years old and then end the show. So that'll be a solid eight year run. So that means we Mm -hmm. have April, May, June, July, August. So at least five more episodes, um, to come. Um, the reason we're going to do this. Well, for one, the reason we wanted to announce it in advance is so that we could make five remaining, you know, great episodes. We could plan so we can get everybody back, you know, including Ben, to make sure everybody can come on again. And by the way, now that everybody knows the show is going to be ending, a lot of the hosts will want to come back. Yeah. So this is yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, is, definitely this is all stock. a ploy to get them to come back, and then we say surprise <laughs> right. in August. It's not really ending. And then the ploy is going to continue <laughs> because we're going to end up having a reunion tour. In like five years. <laughs> <laughs> we all realized our lives were nothing without MuggleCast. <laughs> exactly. No, it's been fun though. I like, this, this is really kind of sad. I mean, the, the chapter's ending. Yeah, but w- one of the reasons that we wanted to end it is that it ended at a specific point is that we wanted to end it on a good note, not it drifting off and, you know, you get, you get an episode maybe every four or five months or, or you still get to episodes every month, but the episodes, it's just that we have, I won't say we've run out of stuff to talk about, but we want to end it when there's still a lot of good stuff to talk about, whether instead of just, uh, you know, beating a dead horse i mean that that may be a little too dramatic oh, that's too dramatic to, to say on mogul cast i think <laughs> uh but I, but just what i mean by it is we don't want to we don't we don't we don't want to be pushing it too far i mean eight years is a very long time oh, yeah. for a podcast we're really proud 
of, and I think I, you know, I speak for all of us here. We're really proud of MuggleCast. We're really proud of the past eight years and everything we've done and, you know, everything we've grown to be over the years. And now I think it's, you know, everybody individually slowly the past like five years, you know, as individuals, we've grown off, you know, sort of into other things. We'll all still love Harry Potter, but in terms of regularly putting out, you know, content on MuggleCast, I think the time for that is, you know, we feel it approaching. And, and I, Eric, I, I, I think you need to be honest with the fans. If you could just get along with Micah behind the scenes, we wouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> we could keep the show going, Eric. I really don't think that I so should do, have joined that other podcast so with him step, because. So step just, down. Yeah. Gracefully, what? right here. Yeah. And we'll continue the show past August. <laughs> oh, gosh. You guys are putting me in a hell of a pickle. <laughs> so. We another good advantage of knowing when the show is that going to end is that we can come up with segments for the listeners to participate in. Maybe they want to say their favorite. You know, we've done the whole favorite moment of the show so many times, but now that the show is actually going to come to an end, then it feels like this will be the best time for people to pick their best, their favorite moments. And by the way, you know, if if J.K. Rowling in a year from now announces the encyclopedia, of course we'll will make comeback <laughs> and do a few more episodes. But this is the end of regular episodes. Yes. Or if she wants regular to come on the show. Schedule. Oh, that's the other thing. And I'm serious about this. Somebody brought this up to me. I think it was my family actually earlier today. Or somebody did. Yeah, whatever. Now that we know this, guys, this is our chance to get JK Rowling on the show. Mm. If we message her now, and I'm very fine with discussing this publicly if we message her now and say look we've got five more episodes can you throw us a freaking bone <laughs> talk to us for 30 minutes yeah <laughs> for an interview and that's it that's all it we would want be a you. wonderful opportunity yeah i'd, fo- I mean, I'd follow yeah, her on seriously. twitter if she if she came on the show <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's insane. and then once she once we got her off i'd unfollow her again yeah <laughs> So I think we should, in all seriousness, make, make a attempt to do that. I mean, why not? What yeah, do we have to lose? Absolutely. No, I, I I think, you know, this ending date gives us a lot of clarity in terms of how to plan the remaining few shows. Yeah. And if we get J.K. Rowling, that'll be a beautiful way to round out this, the, this podcast that we've done. Um, if not, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're all looking forward to this and... Uh, I'm sure everybody will enjoy the final few episodes. So and here's like what I said, we do. I want everybody what? who's listening right now to this episode to tweet at J.K. Rowling <laughs> and to let her know that we have five episodes left and we'd like her to come on the show before it's all said and done. Micah, how can you go ahead and give people her Twitter name? You don't follow her on Twitter. you got to make sure you give the right Twitter name. Because there's I'm, JK underscore I'm gonna go Rowling. Out of limb. I'm going to go Real out of limb. Real JK Rowling. And I'm going to assume that the people listening to this show follow her on Twitter. Uh, okay, but just to be clear, it is JK underscore Rowling. At, at JK underscore Rowling on Twitter. I don't think she even looks at her own Twitter. No, I don't think so either. She no, has a million six hundred forty-two thousand. She is somebody followers. who handles her Twitter account. That, that'll see all the at replies. I think we, yeah. So people can do that. I encourage people to do that as well. But I do think uh, we have better means of contacting her, and we will try those avenues as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ben, it's all you, buddy. It's all Ben. Um, <laughs> go take mail. Go, go take a bath with her, and then we'll be all set. <laughs> oh, now we're definitely never gonna get her. Oh. Uh, Can I read anyway, the muggle so, mail? Yes, yes, just one second. So we we um we hope everybody will enjoy the next five episodes, and we wanted to give everybody a heads up about that. Yeah. So look forward to segments where you can participate in. There will be opportunities. Yes. Wanna, then, anyway, then there's gonna be muggle more. After that, Muggle Muggle more. more. <laughs> right. back to- Let's move on now to Muggle Mail. Go ahead, Ben. Okay, Brian, with too many gray hairs in Colorado, wants to talk about some praise for us. Hello, Muggle Casters. I just want to send some well-deserved praise to all of you for your years of effort in providing Harry Potter coverage and discussion to us fans. I found your work a year ago, and combined with a trip to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Florida, I became re-energized in my fandom of all things Harry Potter. Since then, I have caught up on all your episodes available on iTunes, and am appreciating and working my way from episode one into the 200s. I have to say, I really appreciate the ongoing casts, and have enjoyed how all of you have improved the matures matured over the years from the humble and shaky ben led early years to the current andrew micah eric etc dominated episodes of recent vintage your insightful discussions of the books and movies fun personalities and just the right amount of wit and self-deprecation make for perfect entertainment well i'm glad you think that Brian, thank you for the for the email. Very well written email too, I must say. Agreed. From the humble and shaky Ben yeah, Led. Talk about years. a backhanded compliment. <laughs> like, where, who said this, Brian? Like, I no, honestly, I think that's. Out. I'm just I, kidding. I think you really put. We really put ourselves out there though on the interwebs, and before we knew that we had anything good, we had people listening to it, and we're lucky that it was good. Um, but it has lasted so long now, yeah. you know, again, going back on eight years I mean, that we're just really grateful. It, it's, it's so much to the point where if you actually do a Google search of my name, one of the recommended searches that comes up, uh, adds goats onto the end of it. <laughs> oh, that, that's me. I see you. You're skewing In Google. hopes there's new Mike, uh, goat content to be seen. Oh, man. <laughs> Next email comes from Bethany, Bethany McCoy. McCoy. <laughs> I'm taking the show over, and we're going smooth. You, you got to go you gotta make up for those shaky, lead early years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how smooth this is. Okay. I need some water here. One second. Let me take a sip of this Gatorade. And if you can, just pick up the tempo a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry, Eric. You can <laughs> shut up, man. You're not you're not from New York, man. You're from Chicago. All right. Bethany McCoy, age 18, from Phoenix, Arizona, wants to talk about the Elder Wand. So I've been playing with this question for about three years now. I've asked all of my Harry Potter nerd friends. My question in short is how was the wand even Grigorovich's for Dumbledore's to win? In further detail, the wand was stolen from Grindelwald, presumably by Grigorovich. Grigorovich then lost it to Dumbledore, lost it to Draco, lost it to Harry, etc. But Grigorovich never won the Elder Wand since he obtained it by stealing it, right? And through that, I fail to understand how it was then ever truly Dumbledore's and so on. I hope you guys can provide some insight. It drives me crazy whenever I think about it because I'm sure there's some obvious minor detail that I'm overlooking, but I just can't seem to solve it. 
Thanks for your time. I keep listening to you. I've been listening to you for over two years. It's definitely my favorite podcast. Just keep it up. This is a great question for when J.K. Rowling comes on the show. Oh, I wouldn't ask her about this because it's just one of those things in the books where it's like Wand Allegiance. It does what it has to do for the plot to go forward, you know, but 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 not only that. And I didn't mean to sound negative in saying that, but I think the Wand Allegiance, you can kill the owner and that can change the allegiance. But I honestly think that uh, Grindelwald's stealing the Elder Wand from Grigorovich 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 thank you gave gave the allegiance made the allegiance transfer even though uh, Grigorovich was left alive I think that the allegiance still did transfer um, because it was an act of cunning let's say for Grindelwald to fly up to that window and and take the wand from him so I I don't think it's only death that allows wands allegiances to transfer for instance um you know, Harry is Draco's wand and all of that. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's very fluid. Obviously, it's a concept that's not even introduced until the very last chapter, the very last book. But even though it's done hastily, I was able to understand that there are kind of other things that will allow you to transfer the wand's allegiance. I think J.K. So Rowling's alluded to that in the past as well. I, th- I think you're yeah. right. The, the matter of it being cunning was a good enough reason. Yeah, um, it just seems it. It just seems to want. It just wants to get around when, however, it can. Plus, it's Grindelwald. Like he's the most important bad guy uh, before Voldemort, isn't he? Um, you know, the Dark Wizard Grindelwald in 1945. So I, I think the Elder One would have, um, you know, liked his power, and similarly, he would have liked its power. So I think they were made for each other, like like two and two, like, you know. Harry like and, Millie and Vanilli, like, like peanut Harry butter and, and jelly. <gasps> All right, there's that shaky start. <laughs> oh, well, what are you talking about? I didn't know I was reading the next one, but let's go on to the next one. I don't know. Voicemail. Well, <laughs> Jasmine, 16 from Canada, wants to talk about what if. Hey, just wanted to, just wanted, just first, I, I don't even know what I'm reading anymore. Yeah. Anyway, starting over. Just first of all, want to say I'm a big fan of your podcast. I've been listening for over six years now, and I'm not going to stop. Except in August, you have to stop. <laughs> uh, now, I was listening to the episode where you talk about Petunia and the, and the new information that we got from her from Pottermore. Now, this leads into my thinking. What if Petunia had gotten into Hogwarts? What house do you think she'd be in? We all know that the book should would have been different. She probably wouldn't have married Vernon. Dudley wouldn't have been born. He wouldn't have been so ugly. Maybe she would have been nicer to Harry, so on and so forth. What do you think? Thank you for reading this. Laura and Elisa are my favorites. Oh. Much love, Jasmine. What, did I say that No, wrong? no. We were just... No, you said it right. I just felt bad because they haven't been well, on for so long. They're actually on a double Poor date Jasmine. with Brent and Greg right now. They, they couldn't make tonight's episode. Okay, no, they're not. No, no, no. Um, well, I, yeah, I think that's a interesting question. And I, but, you know, the fact that Vernon and Petunia took in Harry to begin with was one of the nicest things they've ever done. True. And one of the reasons it's hard to call them bad people. I mean, of course, in the books, you read about how cruel they are. And yes, they definitely were cruel. But the fact that they even, the fact that they 
accepted Harry into their family was the nicest thing. Was incredibly nice. Oh yeah, um, and they abused him, put him in the cupboard under the stairs, and bought. Yeah, and but bought he the still got kid. to go to Hogwarts. He still no, still no. Had a family. Thanks to Dumbledore, they went threat. on the run. Andrew, they went on the run, and Hagrid had to chase them down on an island in a shack in order to, well, to get that's him. That's true. Yeah, That's it's true. there's 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 Don't such tell a me gray you're area. A Dursley sympathizer, Andrew. <laughs> I'm just trying. <laughs> the to The truth comes out with no, five true. episodes. Well, if she were go. sorted, though. But guys, as the Muggle Mail says, if Petunia were sorted, where would you place her? And I have oh, to say yeah. that I'm I'm having a, a a puff pride moment here because I think I would place Petunia into into Hufflepuff. And this is the thing where everybody rats on Hufflepuff and nobody likes Petunia, so they place her there. But I I, I do think that she has been loyal to Vernon. All these years, they do have a very loyal to each other, even though they're both crazy. Um, I, I would put her in Hufflepuff because she's loyal. Um, no, I bet she was. I bet she's a Slytherin. It's possible. I, I just think she I has gotta put those her, qualities. She just seems like a snake to me, like a snake mother. What? Eric does bring up the good point about loyalty, though. So, and it, you know, it may be closer to what you were saying, Andrew, about you know, sort of the family aspect where she does begrudgingly and they treat him bad, but she lets Harry in and that makes everything else possible that follows. And think, and think about Dudley at the end of the series when, uh, he talks to Harry. I mean, when, when, when Harry leaves the house, like that was, of course, that's not Vernon and Petunia, but where did he get that little hint of kindness from? Yeah, I think it's all inherited from Harry or did he actually get it from his parents? Somewhere in that gene pool. I think it's all one giant misunderstanding. <laughs> they thought Harry was, like, the bum next door or something. I, I don't know. Well, let's not forget, Petunia wanted to go. But Petunia was always jealous of Lily. Yeah, and she... she and her magical powers. Exactly, and if they had allowed muggles into Hogwarts, she would have been let in. Um. Okay, final emails from Carly, 22, of Shield Harbor, Australia. I was reading. No, Ben, say what? what? I was no, rereading. Hey, I order. was just listening to everybody I, and letting the fine. conversation go on. It wasn't shaky. It's fine. Can you read this in an Australian I, accent? No, ben. I can. I can do like a Garth Franklin impersonation. <laughs> no, Dark, DarkHorizons dot com. Little plug there. I was. I was rereading Order of the Phoenix yesterday, and I got thinking about Hermione's attack. J.K. Rowling never states exactly what the curse is that Hermione was hit with in the Department of Mysteries. We know it was purple, was enough to render her unconscious without having the words said aloud, and she had to take ten potions a day to recover and had extreme pain in her ribs. But I was wondering what exactly it was. I wondered what you guys thought. My thought was some kind of internal damage, but I'm not sure. Gosh. Wow, what a specific question. Yeah, and I had completely forgotten about this moment. And granted, there's a lot in Book 5. Um, even the, by the time you're at the Department of Mysteries, there's a lot there going on. I forgot about this, that Hermione had been attacked and needed 10 potions a day to recover. In fact, I don't recall ever reading it the first yeah, time. Yeah, me neither. That said, I feel like this would be a question for the, our fellow JK podcasters Rowan. over at Alohomora. Um, MuggleNet's Alohomora podcast, because they're doing it chapter by chapter. They're currently on um, Prisoner of Azkaban. But they're doing a global reread, and I know Noah over there in particular, um, you know, and Kat and Caleb would all really be interested in talking about that kind of stuff. And also, 
They're a lot Are more. Are you saying yeah, we wouldn't? On, I'm saying they're a lot more specific. They're a lot more in terms of tearing it apart. And they, believe me, if you were to ask them what spells are purple, they will give you a list. So I'm just saying that they might have skills that I lack. Well, they're not right going to get to the Order of Phoenix for like another two years. Yeah, so in the meantime, you can ask J.K. Rowling, or we can look it up ourselves and get back to you. I think it was a, a Grimace spell, I, like the, the Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> you know, and it, it, if you eat McDonald's, you get extreme pain in your ribs sometimes. And you need ten potions well, to recover. An internal injury would make sense, because, of course, even though they are wizards, they can still get physical injuries. Um... So, I mean, you know, look at Harry losing his, his breaking his bones and having to use the skull grow and that, that, that was an immensely painful recovery for him. Uh, so this could possibly be in an, an alternate way that wizards recover from, um, pain where they're taking, or from, from, from internal injuries when they're, um, having to take for example, like this example, ten potions. Yeah, a day. what I think is interesting though is you know in the in the series we really only learned about the the three unforgivable curses, but clearly there are other curses out there that are really really dangerous and can have serious effects on people, and you know it'd be interesting to learn about what those are. And maybe that would yeah. answer this question from Carly. So uh, if you want to submit your own email, you can go to MuggleCast.com and click on Contact at the top of the site. And you can fill out the uh, feedback form to get in touch with us. Or you can just email MuggleCast at gmail.com. While you're on the MuggleCast site, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast, where we always ask a question before recording new episodes. And you can like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MuggleCast. And don't forget our fam Tumblr, which is MuggleCast dot tumblr dot com where the current top picture is Eric and his muggle cast tattoo. Eric, are you going to get the tattoo removed now that we are closing the show? Never because <laughs> it would probably cost as much as it did to get the tattoo. <laughs> and cause ten times more. Irreparable pain, scarring. <laughs> Which I guess that's the point of a scar, right? Uh... No. Oh, there you go. No, I, I got I got this as a token because I'm so proud of the show, and and so that's Aww. that's and that'll never change. So there, there you go, there you go, yeah, there you go. I also want to tell everybody about the podcast we do over on Hypable.com called Hype. It is basically for me. It's my it's my it's future MuggleCast. Uh, <laughs> After MuggleNet came Hypeable, and after MuggleCast comes Hype. It's a general entertainment podcast. We're covering some of the biggest stories that we talk about on Hypeable. Um, and we try to, we try to, I know, so a concern we've gotten about Hype so far is, well, I'm not interested in all the things you're talking about. And the point is that we're not only introducing you to these things that you may not be aware of, but we're also not dwelling on them. So it's not an entire episode dedicated to something you're, you may not be interested in. And we offer context about these things that we're talking about about as well so you're not going to be out of the dark you're still going to be in the loop and like all the cool kids and let's face it you know you got to be up on everything in pop culture these days i mean when you go out on a date what do you talk about you talk about movies you talk about tv shows these are the common interests it's a competitive world yeah so the next time i try to uh, go out on a date with micah trying to win him over for what may be like the 15th time i'm going to talk to him about game of thrones i haven't seen it before but thanks to hype i know a little bit about it there you go <laughs> 
That was such a great plug, Andrew. Speaking of Game of Thank Thrones, you. Well, uh, and uh, podcasts you can find on Hypable, uh, as well as other places, uh, just take a moment with Game of Thrones premiering this Sunday on HBO to let you know that uh, Eric and myself, as well as Selena, who's occasionally on the show, and our good friend uh, Zach Louie have a Game of Thrones podcast called Game of Owns, which you can check out on the web. We recently partnered with a very well-known Game of Thrones website called winterscoming.net. Um, and so we'll be working with them moving forward. The podcast will be featured on that site as well as Hypable. And uh, you can find us at all the regular places, twitter.com slash gameofowns, facebook.com slash gameofowns. And we're looking forward to uh, discussing the season. And we release episodes actually three times a week. Uh, so there's plenty of content for people to uh, listen to. I'm going to get into Game of Thrones. People tell me the problem is I start out, I don't try, because I hear you have to get past the first couple episodes for it to really get good. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, in terms of watching the show, no. I wouldn't say, because, like, well, it really depends on what you're into, and that's super subjective, but there are, because there's an air of the mysterious, there's some supernatural stuff going on, but that really does mm-hmm. have a, a back burner. If you like sex, there's that. If you like, you know, it really depends on what you're into. Sold. <laughs> yeah. I've just heard that the pilot was kind of bad, so it's... I don't uh, know. I like the... But we just... Well, Mike and I just watched it, it recently. Um, hint, hint. Spoiler, spoiler. But uh, we... we I, I don't think it's that bad. What do you think, Micah? I'd hope not for spending this much time uh, doing a show about it. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Yeah, well, so, obviously, the show is big and it's a success. No, it's I like mean, I think it really does uh, have something that's going to interest everybody and uh you know in, in terms of mature yeah. content there's a ton of it and you know the the good thing about yeah. hbo is that there's no restrictions and if there's stuff in the book that's going to be considered controversial it's going to be on the show and i think that's the whole reason behind why right um the author george R. R. martin decided to go ahead with uh hbo and, and producing game of thrones as a tv series because there weren't going to be these restrictions he could do you know, blood, he could do sex, he could do dragons, he could do all different types of things, and, and it, there wasn't going to be any limitations. Yeah, it's definitely a myriad. Now that we're all older than we were when we first started doing MogoCast, I can recommend this to ourselves, because it, it's definitely, even though the books were out, I mean, the first book came out, was it early 90s, mid 90s? So these, have been, these books have been out for two decades now, some of them, and, you know, they're they're very adult and and that's something to keep in mind when when taking our recommendation to go and listen to that show Game of Owns is because you know the the podcast is appropriate for the content and the content can be pretty dark. That's a good, that's a good point. I mean, as we're all growing up, we get interested in these new television shows and Game of Thrones definitely a good one for the Harry Potter audience. I yeah, but you should say. you should watch it, Andrew. I really really think you might like it. I'm gonna try again. I'm gonna do my third go at the pilot. See if I can get through it this time. Okay. I'm gonna stick with it. Oh well, the last the last um <laughs> the last few moments of the pilot are, shall we say, a a long time bad, oh, long, a long okay. fall on on the way to the well. Uh, say no more. Yeah. Say no more. I got you. All right, but uh, Ben, thanks for coming on the show. I'm sure we'll have you thank on again. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having uh, me. No, thank you, Ben. Thank you for everything from your shaky start at the very <laughs> beginning <laughs> to my shaky to this. End. <laughs> <laughs> You've truly come full circle. Um, yep. 
do you have any plugs, Ben? What have you even been doing? Um, I just sell online advertising. So if you have a website, like hit me up. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> follow at Ben uh, on Twitter. Yeah, follow hey, me yeah, on that's Twitter. That's what I was to plug. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, follow me on there. Then you, then you can listen to my propaganda, and I will, <laughs> send, I will send you places. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 264. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.